very, very grateful and overwhelmed. We got the best around here. Amen. Tonight, if, uh, if you really came to get something tonight, you're going to. Praise God. Where the Word of God's concerned, we're going to, we're going to take our Bibles. You got your Bible, hand you? Yeah. Well, why don't we just stand up and make a Bible confession? We had not done that just every time like we used to, but let's, let's do it tonight. Amen. And you know what? Just, we used to say it, rub it in the devil's face, you know. Yeah. Make the devil listen to this. Yeah. How many has had the devil aggravate you in the last 48 hours anyway over something? All right. Well, then you know he's around somewhere trying to aggravate. So, so it rubs it in his face by you saying this. Say, this is, now, now, I know we usually hold it up like this, but why don't we just hold it like this tonight? Close to our innermost being right there in our spirit. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I, and look down at the devil on your feet. Say, I am what my Bible says I am. <laughs> you know, we can say, I'll have you know I am what it says I am. <laughs> I have what my Bible says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Now, really, this really makes him nervous. Say, I'm a believer of this Bible. In Jesus' name. I love that. I'm a believer. Thank God. Father, the Word's working in us tonight. I thank you that it's taken root. Every seed that's spoken tonight of the Word will go into the good ground of our hearts, and it will produce some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. It's good to see all of you here tonight. Each and every one of you are always special to our hearts. Write down some things tonight because this this can be life-changing to you. You can actually enter in to what Father has for you the moment you decide it's yours. So in other words, there are things that you can receive as manifestations. Or Well, let me say that a little different. You can receive the Word, any promise of the Word manifested tonight. If you, if you receive it as yours. Amen. You won't find anywhere in the Scriptures that it takes some time. Now, now, of course, Jesus did say this in Mark chapter 4. He said, the Word is the kingdom of heaven is like sowing the Word into the ground. And then He said, you sleep and rise night and day, and the seed groweth up. You remember that? Yes. You know, the, the man knoweth not how, but He says it produces. But He says it groweth up, first the blade, then the ear, then the corn on the ear. Amen. All right, He was comparing sowing the Word into your heart and it bringing a manifestation of a harvest. The same way a farmer puts seed in the ground, and it grows, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. Somebody asked Wigglesworth one day, said, why, um, excuse me, said, they asked Wigglesworth, said, how do you develop great faith like you have? Now, Wigglesworth was pulling corpse out of coffins and uh, those people coming back to life and deadly diseases just stopping or uh, limbs grow out, whatever, you know, he had those kind of manifestations in his ministry, and they asked him, how do you have Great faith like that. How do you develop faith like that? Well, he said, as an answer to that, he said, well, it's, it, you do it this way. First the blade, then the ear, then the forehead. He talking, what he meant by that was you have to let it develop and grow. Yes. But the point is, when Jesus used that illustration of first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear, he was comparing it to natural growth, but it doesn't mean it has to take the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Another time when Jesus talked about seed and harvest, he said this, you say, he said, you say, you put the seed in the ground and after four months comes the harvest. But I say, look on the fields already, they're white for harvest. So in other words, the harvest comes according to your faith. So tonight, if healing is your biggest faith project, you can walk out of here completely healed tonight if you can receive it. All you got to do is make it yours, receive it as already yours. Your financial status can change. God, you know, God can have somebody in the middle of this service park in the parking lot out there, run inside of here, drop a suitcase off to you, and it full of cash money before we end the service. Right? I'm just saying that there's a million ways that God can get a manifestation to us. Most times we can't figure out one or two of them, but He's got a million ways to do them. 
And the only thing that's holding back the timetable on it is when you decide it's yours or whether you're in the process of deciding it's yours or you're working on it. So make the decision that tonight you're going to receive the word as truth. And that's when it belongs to you. All right. So keep that in mind. Now, Jesus said in the parable of the sower sows the word just prior to teaching that, or excuse me, just after he finished that, he turned, the first thing he said was take heed how you hear the word. In other words, take heed how you're listening or how you're catching or how you're receiving. It's, it's funny. Have you ever had somebody, especially when you're busy, I know somebody say something to you that's important and you heard every word they said, but you didn't comprehend. It's like, for me, it's like this. A lot of times Susan will say something to me and I'll be standing there nodding and, and my mind will be a million miles away from what she's saying. And when she gets through saying it, I know I'm probably supposed to say something. <laughs> And I don't even know what subject she's on. And I just, I just tell her, I said, Susan, I, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. I said, just, you're going to have to tell me. Well, when Jesus said, take heed how you hear, make sure you're not just listening to the sounds of oratory in the room tonight, but you're hearing it as the Word of God speaking a promise. Now, when we closed last week, we're talking about aggressive, productive faith. And when we closed last week, we looked at Psalm 33. If you'll turn over there tonight. I'm not putting the Scriptures on the screen tonight. The Lord told me on Wednesday nights to get you to work at it a little more. We've got a little more time and, and not so pressed, but... Get you to work at it just a little bit more. But look at Psalm 33, verse 4. And this is where we ended last week on our second service or second teaching on aggressive, productive faith. And, of course, I've emphasized to you there's there's no such thing as passive faith. If it's not aggressive, it won't be productive. So you have to become aggressive. Aggressive, and I I don't know what picture you see. What what do you think of when you think of aggressive faith? What picture comes to your mind? For, For me, it's a... For, for me, it's, it's basketball. I, I, you know how when one's trying to get the ball and another's trying to get it, and, and all of a sudden those elbows start going around. You know, that, you've got to be that way because the devil's trying to steal that word. The Bible says he comes to steal the word. Now, the word is where the manifestation comes from. Without the word, we said for the first Wednesday night we taught on this, without the word of God in your heart, you don't even have faith. That's right. Amen. I mean, you might be believing something. Your heart might be imagining something. You might be getting a picture of something. But if you don't have chapter and verse to back it up, Amen. it's not what God calls faith. It's what the world calls positive thinking. Amen. Now, positive thinking in itself is not wrong as long as it's based on the word of God and you're giving God the credit for it. Right. That's, a, that's the number one thing. I mean, you know, the world, I, I, I'm saying some things. I know I've said these before, but, but I'm trying to get this so you get in the same thought patterns that I'm trying to get you to so that we can pick up from there and go where I know the Holy Spirit's wanting to take us tonight. There's something that Kenyon said one time. Of course, it made a lot of people mad at him, and they accused him of being metaphysical and, and that kind of thing for the rest of his ministry. But if you ever heard him, he was everything but that. Uh, and even taught about how it was wrong to become metaphysical away from the Word. But here, he made this statement, and it really got him in a lot of hot water with the religious crowd. He said, the Christian scientist, talking about Christian science, which is what metaphysical, you know, cult. And he said, the Christian science have it right, he said. He said, the only problem is they, they don't, or he said, the only thing they're missing is the blood of Jesus. In other words, the fact that they take something that's truth in the Spirit and claim it as theirs, but they don't have the blood of Jesus, so they don't see those promises as a promise from God, as a right of redemption. Without the blood of Jesus, you don't have redemption. And so they, they don't see it, and therefore they're not going to give God the credit for it when it comes to pass. Now, rain is a good thing, right? right? How many of you got real thankful when we felt that first drop or two about a week ago? Amen. I mean, you know, we we're thankful for rain around Amen. here. Rain, rain's a good thing. I don't know why we get in our mind that rain's a bad thing. Uh, look at this. If we say this, rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a rainy day. You know, that usually means something like, you know, rainy Monday or something, like it's horrible right. or something. Well, Jesus made a statement one time. He said, God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. 
Now, don't think of, you know, that, a lot of people take that as, you know, when it rains, it pours. You know, bad days, things are coming, you know, and God, bad things come to good people. That wasn't even what Jesus was talking about. He, he's looking at rain as a good thing. And he said, but God will put the rain on the just and the unjust. So the good things come on everybody. And so you can take your faith. I, I heard Paul Yonge Cho, of course, David Yonge Cho, he, he changed his American name. That's okay. You can do that when it's not your real name. But, you know, he used to pastor the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea. And many of y'all remember him over the years. But he made this statement. He's talking about faith. He said, you know, even in the religions of Korea, where he was at, Middle Eastern religions and, and Oriental things, you know, like Buddhism and Shintoism and some of those things. He said, those people will come against sickness and disease just like we come against, Christians come against sickness and disease. He said, they'll get some results. Some sickness and diseases will just, just seem like they supernaturally disappear at one of their ceremonies or something like that. But that's because they're doing the right things, right. believing the right things at that moment, right. at that moment, right. believing that the, the right thing and, the, you know, so on. And, but here's the problem with it. They'll never give Jesus the credit for right. it. And that's the only thing that separates you and I from a positive believer. Right. Amen. Now, now, am I a positive believer? Are you a positive? Yeah, I hope we're all positive believers. But you know what I mean by that? As a, as if, you, if positive religion is, a, is your faith and you don't have a connection with the Almighty, then you'll have things happen occasionally, but you'll never give God the credit for it. And you'll, you'll wonder sometimes why things don't come. And you won't think it's the devil because you don't believe that. You think hell and, you think hell and heaven is a state of mind. Well, heaven and hell is not a state of mind, but it takes a state of mind to get you into either one of them. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right. Heaven is a reality. Yeah. Let, let's, let's change heaven just for a minute to another term I'm going to use tonight. This is something the Lord spoke to me to give you this afternoon. He, he, said, he said, call it my world. God's world is a reality. Now, in God's world, how many of you can close your eyes and if you work at it, you could get into a different place than where you're really in? Amen. You know what I mean by that? You know, you can close your eyes and all of a sudden uh, leave the stress of whatever the moment is and, and you can just be in a different place. Amen. Well, I like to, my happy place, <laughs> what I like to imagine sometimes is just being out in the middle of a field. This, if, this would be my utopia, is I would be in a, in a beautiful, on a beautiful sunshiny day, about 73 degrees, and a breeze blowing enough that you can hear it, and the trees, you know, causing a... Uh, their stories to be told and a brook following its own imagination and, and every animal, every good animal you can think about just, just sitting there doing nothing. You know, horses just sitting there like too full to eat. Cows just sitting over there and just looking and, 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 and you know, just birds singing and a beautiful place. Well, I can get in there. It don't take me long to get into that place. I mean, I can do it while you're talking to me. <laughs> I can do it. I mean, you know, I can do it right quick. Well, God gives us, now this, this is why I got you to turn to Psalm 33. God gives us promises in the Scriptures. Right. Now, these are His words, right? right? Yes. His words. Amen. I, I don't want you to ever underestimate what we call this Bible. This Bible is called the Word of God. Yes. Why? And Wigglesworth said, not that it contains the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It's, it's personified. This is God. This is God speaking to us right here. This is what God has promised you. Well, God has a world that's better than the little illustration I just described. In, in His world, you're healed mm -hmm. from the crown of your head right. to the soles of your feet. Amen. In His world, your youth is renewed. Yes. In His world, your bills are paid. You've got all the money Amen. that you need. Yes. In His world, you have no struggles. There's no, no animosity. There's no strife. There's no envy. There's no pain, as we said. In His world, every dream is already fulfilled in His world. Now, God says we enter it. But now, the way we enter it is not by just closing our eyes and saying, okay, now I'm going to dream that. But we enter it by a promise. Mm, come on. Amen. 
faith in that promise. You hearing me? So we, we enter His world by promises. In other words, we, we take His word on it and say it so, and then we move into it, and we begin to set our faith, wrap our faith around it. Now, to wrap your faith around it is two parts. That means you've got to get your mouth in line with it. Amen. Don't ever underestimate your confession of faith. Confession is what brought this world into existence. Yes, amen. Faith, and remember now, faith operates in two parts. The confession, the second part we've got to wrap around it is the believing of the heart or the seeing it or the imagination amen. of the heart. When we wrap our faith around a promise of God, we're saying it as if it's so and we're seeing it. Yes, yes. See, now, I started out with take heed how you hear and some of you wandering around the room. You've got to catch this. Take heed how you hear it. Because you've got, if you can get your faith around it, you, got you, you see it in your spirit, you're saying it with your mouth, seeing it with your spirit. Say, now the problem is, is we've got contrary difficulties and contrary circumstances trying to get us to say Amen. something else. Right. Amen. Feelings. Right. Satan's using feelings to try to lure you into his world. Right. Amen. Or we'd say Satan's trying to get you to take his mindset his state of mind so that you say, I don't have the money. So that you say, I'm hurting, I've got pain. Satan uses feelings to manipulate us. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing. You're not hearing. I, I need you to understand this. You can come out of that the moment you make the change. And if you make the change, and it all depends on how you're hearing tonight. How you're hearing will make the difference. All right. Now here's God's Word. So God's Word speaks promises, and that's to give us a state of mind called the mind of the Spirit. And so we see it God's way, we say it God's way continually until it begins to manifest because we claim to promise. Now this is our verse we closed with last week, Psalm 33, and verse, um, verse 4 it says, look at the last part of the verse, it says, For the word of the Lord is right, and it is all, excuse me, let me get over there with you because I'm, I'm not, I've got it written down, but I don't know if I've got the whole verse written down. Psalm 33, verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right. Now this is how we close. We spent a lot of, a lot of time on this last Wednesday night. And all his works, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that, you know, sent me while it's day. Everything Jesus did were the works of God. Now think of all the things Jesus did. How many of you would like to hang around Jesus like they got two, three and a half years on the earth? I mean, you know, I can't imagine a problem being consistent if I was near him. Right? I mean, you know, tax problem, go fishing, first fish, got the silver corn in its mouth. Uh, We got... 20,000, 40,000 people here in Little Boy's Lunch. No problems, he said. Bring it to me. Praise over it. Feast now. Gather up what remains. Um, Lord, he's been dead three days. No problem. Roll away the stone. Lazarus come forth. I mean, nothing that wasn't fixable when Jesus was there operating in faith. My little daughter's dead. Lazarus, uh, excuse me, Jairus' daughter, right? Right. Jesus said, no problem. Uh, Let's do what you said. Let's put our hands on her and she'll live. And so he goes in that back bedroom and does it. I mean, everything is fixed. Mama's weeping, funeral in the city of Nain. Jesus says, stop the procession. This funeral. Can you, can you see that? Stop the procession. This funeral's over. What? This boy's going home with his mama. I mean, he just turned things around like that, you know. Um, what's your problem? Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm here at the water that gets stirred up occasionally. People get miracles, but I ain't got anybody to help me get in. I'm going to get you healed without the water, Jesus said. I'm going to get you healed by the one that has the angel stir the water. I'm going to, you know. And so everything was fixed by him. That's what the works of God were. The miracles, the signs, the raising of the dead, the turning of water into wine, the feeding of the multitude. Every miracle that Jesus did can be summed up as the works that he did. Now, watch this. Let's read that again. Verse 
Verse uh, 4, the word of the Lord is right. It's the right thing. And all of his works, all of God's works are done in truth. Now, I hope you wrote this down by your, um, in the margin there. But a better translation of this last phrase, all his works are done through faithfulness. Yes. Now, make sure you put that in there or put it into your notes at least. All his works are done according to faithfulness. What does that mean? That means that God does everything that he does based on his faithfulness to a promise if a man or woman has faith to hold him to the promise to be faithful. See, Norval Hayes used to say it like this. I don't know if this is theologically correct, but I know what he meant, and that is theologically correct. He'd say this. He said, God will forget any promise you forget. Well, I I know God doesn't forget promises, but here's the way Norval really said. He said, God will forget to do what you'll forget to thank him for. Well, I don't think he's forgotten to do it. It's just he doesn't have access into the life of a person that he's created, you and me, to be in total control of our life. And he gave us the right of dominion over our own life. And if we choose not to put our life, come on, take heed how you're hearing this night. If we choose not to put our life under the authority of his promise and then hold him to that called faithfulness, then he doesn't perform it in your life. So you've got to actually hold him to be accountable for his word. And here's, look, look, here's how I get God to be accountable for his healing over my life tonight. Now, I can't do it for you, but here's how I can get him to be accountable for my healing tonight. Lord, you said that by Jesus' stripes 2,000 years ago, I were healed. I were healed, past tense. So that means I am, and God's saying, you, you, you hold me to that. Now, he's not upset with that. That's the way the system works, and he's the one that puts the system into play. So you and I have to, if, if we ever get smart, if we ever become a smart believer... Then we start going to this book instead of, you know, Pastor might ask us to raise our hand and see if we read our Bible scripture this week. No, no, no. If that's what getting you in the Bible, it probably isn't doing you any good. But if you're saying, let me find today what I can hold God accountable for. Now, there's a scripture here that God will make me rich or actually has made me rich. Well, when could that happen? It's the moment you decide it's yours. See, some people are waiting on some, something to happen. But God's waiting on somebody to believe His promises because His work of prospering you will be done based on faithfulness to His promise. His his faithfulness to His promise. So your job is to hold up the promises to Him through confession and holding it in your heart. Say amen if you can see that. And that's how we enter His world. Look look at Hebrews chapter 1. I'll show you. Excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go to Hebrews 11 again. Are y'all catching this tonight? You can walk out of here, the richest man in, in northwest Alabama. Richest woman in Northwest Alabama. If you can make it yours right now, don't don't wait. Well, one day this is going to happen. Somebody's going to give me a million dollars, then I'm going to be a millionaire. If you be a millionaire, people will won't know why they keep giving you a million dollars. Amen. Amen. See, you got to become it on the inside. Yes. And the and and if you ain't got a promise to, to base on it, you ain't got no business doing it. It's presumption, like that book I was talking about. Amen. So so what promises do you have on that? Well, God's got a, an unlimited prosperity that belongs to us. Million dollars isn't the stopping off spot. That's right. But I'm just saying, hey, you know, I mean, I guess I could ask you if a million dollars would make your day different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I got a lively group tonight. A million dollars, if that would make your life different, then, then that would be a good place to, to start with. And just, you know, just say, Lord, I'm going to put my faith out there because there's no limit on it. You know, I mentioned that about an oil well. I mean, there's no scripture that promises an oil well in there, but he says he'll prosper you. And he says that you can have what you say. And if I want an oil well, I can, I can say I have an oil well. Amen. 
Yeah. I mean, just say, you know, I mean, you say, well, I don't, I don't have faith for that. Well, you, you get faith or get, get faith for something besides an oil well. What do you like? I like fishing. Well, you better believe God to cram your net then. Right. You know, you just begin to believe God to do whatever it is you like to do. But what I'm saying is don't limit yourself by saying, well, I'd never have that or whatever. But yet, take the promise as already truth. That's how we enter His world. Now, look at, let's go back to that. Hebrews chapter 11. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm helping my faith. Look, look at verse 6. It says, now, now, I know you already know this, but you take heed how you read it tonight, all right? Let's look for something we ain't seen before. I've always found if you'll look at Scripture like it's brand new, act, act like you had not never read it before, you'll see things you've never seen Amen. before. Don't act like this is Hebrews eleven six that you've read umpteen million times. Act like it's like, oh, I've never seen this, and you'll catch something. But without faith, or we'd say faith is the only way, without faith it's impossible to please God. For, or that word for could be translated better, because... So let's do it this way. I think it'll help us do this. Without faith, it's impossible for you to please God because the person that comes to God must believe that He is. Now, in the light of what I've just spent 15 minutes telling you, let's say it like this. You've got to believe that His world exists. You've got to believe that His world is a reality because He bases everything He does on promises. Any promises you found lately? Any promises in the Bible you found lately that yes. you like? Amen. Anybody found any unique ones? I mean, things are kind of like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Have you found across, across any of them? It's okay to stay on the ones you've known forever, but there's always something else you can run into. That's right. Amen. You've got to first believe that God is. You got to, but here's the way the Lord spoke to me this afternoon. It's what I just told you. You've got to believe that God's world exists, that God's world is reality, that there is a world where you are healed. And that's a reality. There's a world where you're already prosperous. Not trying to wait on somebody to give you a sum of money so you can become prosperous, but you already have it. Amen. That's good. Yeah. You've got to believe already that you've got favor on your job and favor in your workplace and favor with your family. Not that one day it's going to happen, but I've got it now. He's already given me this favor. Amen. You have to believe that His world is, not will be, but His world already is. It already exists because faith is now. So go back to verse 1. Look at verse 1. Now faith is. Now faith is. Somebody said in the original language or the original text of the Bible, the word now isn't there. It just starts out faith is. Well, let me ask you, what tense is is? Now. Now, now faith is. Faith is, faith is now, right? So faith is right now. Go back to verse 6. Without faith, if you don't have it, if you don't ever develop it, if you don't ever get it to working, it's impossible to please God. Now, let's just stop a moment on this. Now, this is what I want to do on these Wednesday nights is make sure that we're covering all the bases and not assume that we're thinking the right things. Right. What, what does it mean? What does the first phrase of this sixth verse mean when he says, it's, without faith it's impossible to please Him? What does it mean to please God? You know, we, we often think doing things holy pleases God or, or living clean pleases God, and I'm certainly not going to argue those. Those are Bible things. But really what he's getting down to, he's talking about the same force called faith that Abraham and Sarah used to have a child when they were in their old age. He's talking about the same force that Peter used when he walked on the water. So he's not talking about just living right in the sense of being nice today and not being ugly and not being stuck. Now, those are good things. Don't dare throw that away. We don't like you when you're not nice, right? So stay nice, and that's the right thing to do. But this is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about faith that pleases him. Now, your faith pleases him. Now, your faith is necessary for you. Well, let's ask it like this. What does God in heaven... Now, Father, I know God's not His name, but we know we're talking about Creator when we do that. What is our Father God, the Father of Jesus, 
that's our, our God, what does he need tonight? What does he personally need tonight? What needs does God have tonight? The only, he has nothing personally other than he's a parent. See, if I were to ask you parents in here tonight, what do you need? You're liable to tell me what your child needs. I need my son to have this, or I need my daughter to have this, or to come into this place. Well, the only need then that God really has tonight, he certainly don't need the power bill paid in heaven. He doesn't need, what he needs is whatever, whatever. He needs to see you have what you need. Right? So he's done everything he can to provide it for us through by sending Jesus to the cross. There's not anything you can ever come up with, any good thing you can ever come up with that he hasn't already made available to you. It's already yours. All right? He's already provided everything for his children. You say, Lord, I need healing. He says, no, you don't. No, you don't. I've already provided it for you. Lord, but in his mind... He needs it to manifest for you because right. yes. he don't like to see you going through the pain. Oh, he needs good. you to take So he needs you to operate on your faith. That's good. And without Amen. faith, it's impossible to please him because the only thing that's going to please God is what when you use your faith and get yourself pleased. Right. Let, let's say that you need a car. Can, can you think, it, would, would I be all right to say that an automobile is a necessary thing in our society? Amen. I mean, I know you could probably work around it a little bit, but I mean, how many of you just really would be real difficult to try to carry on life, your job, your business, and whatever you do without an automobile? Right? I'm supposed those of you that didn't answer are going to go walking, right? All right, so you know you need one like that, all right? So God's not pleased if you're trying to walk to work. Right? Any more than you'd be pleased if you had a child that, you know, a daughter, son, grown up, all right? That's the case, they're grown, all right? But they're having to walk to work every day. I mean, you know, Sarah, Sarah lives in Winfield and works in Jasper. And if she were, you know, say, where are you at, Sarah? Well, I'm walking to work this morning. Left out about 3.30 this morning and trying to get there by 8. But, Daddy, I'm just give out when I get there. Now, how many of you know I wouldn't be pleased? Right. Amen. And it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with my car or it doesn't have anything to do with my financial status. But I wouldn't be pleased if, if, if she's not pleased. So faith then is given to meet her needs and having her needs met is what pleases God. Come on now, let me know if I'm disturbing you tonight. Amen. That's good. <laughs> all right. So if, if, listen, if getting out of debt, now do y'all believe that debt's under the curse of the law? Yes, it is. Amen. Now listen, now don't try this. But I'm telling you, if you're not convinced debt's wrong, you could get you one of them credit cards and just fill it up. It might take you six months, but you just tell me, that curse, that's under the curse of the law. Right? Amen. Now, what would please God in that? Well, well you say, well, brother, I need $40,000 to get out of my credit card debts and, you know, little debts. I'm just not even talking about my house. I need $40,000 to get out of that. Well, God's not pleased uh-huh. until your faith produces what he's made available because he don't want to see you under that debt either. Wow. Now, you can come out of debt tonight before we dismiss this service. You can come out of your debt. So it all depends on how you hear tonight. Now, we'd say, our, our teacher, teacher in school would say, it depends on how you pay attention. How you, how you hear, if you, let, if you hear it with the ears of faith so it can get down into the heart, right. you, can, you can go out of here debt-free before the service is over. God's made it available to you. Yes. But see, here's the, here's the thing. He's not pleased unless you use your faith because your faith is what's going to meet your need. Yes, yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Can you see that? Yes. Now, let's read that again. Verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Why? Because if you don't use your faith, you won't get your needs met, and he don't like his children not having their needs met. That's right. Amen. All right. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for the person that comes to God must first believe that his word has created a world 
that is a reality. There is a place. Now watch, I don't know if y'all are going with me tonight. All right, look, look at me. Look at me. I told you when we started, I can close my eyes. I really don't even have to close my eyes, but I'm using that for example. I can close my eyes and be in my happy place in 10 seconds. I can forget about what you're aggravating me about or what this. I can, you know what I'm saying? I can, I can be in my happy place pretty quick. All right? That, that's just, just moving from my attention from whatever the problem is to this place I've created is my happy place. Right? All right? Now, if that happy place is based on Scripture, then it's God's place that He's created for me. God has created a world for you that you are healed. God's created a place for you that all your needs are met and you have plenty of finances. You have healthy relationships and happiness and joy and so forth and so on. That place already exists. God's world. He said, you've got to say, here's the promises. Read the promises and it says, give me a scripture. Somebody give me a promise that you're standing on. Hopefully it's something different than what I've already talked about. Got one? Philippians 4.19, God supplies all my need according to His riches and glory. Now, that can translate like this. If you really know the Greek on that, my God supplies all your needs. It says, God pays off all my debts and has so much more that my nets are just breaking with abundance. That's really literally what it says. My, my, my nets, talking about like fishing nets, <clears throat> my nets are just bursting with abundance like they did when they caught those fish, all right? And that's money He's talking about. <clears throat> now, that's a powerful promise, all right? If you've got faith, He said, without faith for that, it's impossible to ever get that money. So therefore, God's not ever going to be pleased because your faith will cause you to believe that there is a world that God created for you that has net-breaking loads of finances. Wow. Praise wow. God. Right? Amen. Now, let's read it that way and think about it. So without faith, go back to the sixth verse, please. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him for he that comes to God must first believe that He is and what He said is true. Right. And the next part of that says, and you've got to believe that He's what? A rewarder. That means that He always pays off on what you're using your faith for. That's good. Amen. If you're, you, you cannot meditate financial prosperity scriptures. Put them in your heart and claim them as yours without God rewarding you with what you confess. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. You can't take the time. You cannot take the time to put healing scriptures into your heart and confess them out of your mouth without God rewarding you with healing to go with it. Praise God. In other words, it just always works. Faith always works. You say, well, Brother James, I've tried this for years and I hadn't gotten into a better... You hadn't tried it yet. You, hadn't, you, you, you were doing what you thought was faith. Let, let me tell you the mistake some people make. Some people make the mistake. They think being in a church that teaches faith means I've got faith and it doesn't. Now, you've got a better chance of getting it. How many, how many of you don't want to try to develop your faith while you're sitting in a church where the pulpit's preaching against it? You know, that faith stuff's of the devil. Now, you're, you're trying to overcome a battle. You're trying, to, you're trying to get something that your preacher's constantly giving. Because you remember the story I used to tell about years ago? There was a gentleman that had a bike wreck behind my house, on the road behind my house. Because the way I was privy to it, I heard him hollering out in the road, and he was laid out in the road. Long story short, went over there, and other people stopped, of course, and, you know, we got him in the ambulance. He thought maybe he was a medical doctor himself, I believe it was, and he thought he might have broken his neck because he had had surgery on his neck prior. And... Um, he didn't want to move, but he was all kind of okay and talking and so forth and so on. Got him in the ambulance, and, and, and they sent him home that night, said everything was fine. And then he went back in the hospital, I think a day or two later, and the next day he was on life support, and we were all praying for him. We prayed in the church for him. And, and then um, I, was, I was in the bathroom getting cleaned up. We were going somewhere that night. I don't remember what it was. I was I'd gone to get dressed and, and all cleaned up and dressed, and Susan hollered through the door that they're fixing to unplug the man off the machine. 
and, and I was just aggravated because we'd been praying for him, believing for him. I didn't know him before that, but, you know, because I'd had that encounter with him, I thought, you know, I'm just going to put my faith out there. I'd really been confessing and believing. And, and she said they're fixing to unplug the machine on him right now. The phone called somebody had just called us and told her that. And uh, I remember just, just disgusted. I said, Lord, why is my faith not working for that man? And the Lord said, because you're not his pastor. I said, well, what has that got to do with it? He said, the man is a product. Now, I don't know where the man went to church. I could have done some research and found out, but that wasn't, I don't, I, that's not my job. But the, but the Lord said, because you're not his pastor. And I said, what's that got to do with it? He said, because the man is now a product of the teaching that he set himself under, he's put himself under. In other words, he's a product of whatever he submitted his ears to, to hear preached to him every Sunday and Wednesday or whatever, you know, times he went to church. And so, you know, I understood what that meant. If there was unbelief being preached in the pulpit, his heart was being filled with unbelief every time he came to church. And you can, you can only, look, here, how many of you understand this? You can only hold on to a truth. You know, you can find, you and I, like for example, you and I can find something in the Bible, Brother Reggie. We can find, like I said, a unique promise. I'm like, ooh, I didn't even know that was in there. Like I, a friend of mine, they're, they're building a church out in uh, old Texas, out around Denton, Texas. And I say a friend, kind of an acquaintance, not a real close friend, he and his wife. And I saw where they had posted, they'd got their sign up, you know, on the property, and they got their sign, future home of, and they were really excited, you know, how that is. And, and I sent them a scripture, uh, actually two scriptures on, on a, he sent them two scriptures anyway. And they were all excited because they already, they said, we're already standing on the first one, Nehemiah. But this one in Ezra said, we didn't know it was there, we're going to incorporate that into ours. It, and the one in Ezra says, they built and prospered. In other words, you prospered while they built. So we didn't even know that was in there. So sometimes you can find something kind of unique like that. Like I didn't know that was there and it covers what I'm believing for, you know. Well, you take that and you find it. Now, Brother Reggie, I'm just going to use it like this. Like you take that scripture and you say, well, look at that. And now if you're in a church that doesn't agree with taking scripture, somebody was telling us the other day that they were in a church where they taught them all the time that that faith stuff is wrong. Well, now what kind of church is that? Because you're saved by faith. All right, and so you take this scripture. Now, let's just say that we're in a church full of, full of unbelieving people. And, and Reggie comes and says, I found a unique scripture, man. This is exciting. Lisa, let me tell you about it. Lisa's like, uh, Brother Reggie, I don't think that. That stuff won't come to pass. That stuff ain't the first thing to do. In fact, you're getting off in stuff you shouldn't get into. And Judah says, that's exactly right. Reggie, shame on you for even thinking like that. You know, that don't belong to you. Well, where'd you get that Bible anyway? I, I've never read that in my Bible. You know, that don't work for somebody. And Sam says, yeah, that's right. That stuff's passed away with the apostles. And Joel says, yeah, I heard one of the epistles ran off with the apostle and <laughs> took it with him, ran off and left. And then the pastor, and let's just say, then the pastor gets up and spends a, a 12-week seminar preaching against that verse. Now, you're not going to be able to hold on to that sitting under that because Jesus said you take heed what you hear, and they're going to talk you out of that verse, or either you're going to have to leave to hold on to it. You're going to have to leave to get away from that unbelief. Doesn't mean you don't love folks. It doesn't mean that you don't love those people. But but you can't listen. To that. I'm not going to be able because you can only embrace and hold on to the environment that you submit That's yourself right. to. Amen. What what the environment allows you to. The environment Amen. meaning the people. And so you've got to get, in other words, if you want to get out of depression, you better get around a bunch of happy people right. that know how to worship and lift their hands yes. and clap Amen. and get back to laughing, and it'll help pull you out of that depression. Yes. If you want to get over into prosperity, you better find the people that believe that God's Word is true on prosperity because that's what faith is. Faith will never grow in a wrong environment. You, you want it to, but I'm just saying people will talk you out of things. See, if faith, if faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, then faith leaves by hearing the word of the devil. Amen. You say, you mean the devil can just say something, make my faith leave? If you yes. sit there and listen to it, 
If you're going to sit there and keep listening and putting your ears on it, listen, there's no way in the world. Now, I don't know what they have now on reality TV used to. Back, you remember when reality TV wasn't, I, I don't know what's on regular TV. I've I got Roku, so I don't know what's on regular TV, right? So y'all, I don't know where it's gone now. But I can remember back in, I don't know, probably the 80s or 90s, I guess 90s, the first reality TV I was familiar they started having these uh, emergency room shows and, oh, yeah. and 911 and, you know, all this, you know, things happen and accidents and things like that. You can't watch those without a spirit of fear trying to get on, in you that this is what's going to happen to you. That's very true. That is very true. You know, because and, and, you can be sitting there watching one of those shows, and I'm not talking about watching it one time now, but I'm talking about somebody that just submit themselves to watching this stuff all the time and getting into it, you know, like, like Susan does to The World Turns and that kind of thing. Y'all know better than that, right? As the world, as the stomach turns, I think was the name of it. But, look, the, but can you imagine you sitting there listening to that stuff all the time, and all of a sudden some guy, you know, that just that had uh, brain cancer, and he's on his last leg, and, and he says, you know, it all started out. I was doing just fine. I felt like a million dollars one day. And then, then I woke up one morning and had a pain. Went right across here, and you think, that's exactly what I had this morning. That's exactly what I had this morning. And, and then you begin to put that together, and your faith, because it's really not your faith, it's your fear. But see, yeah, yeah. Uh, quoting T.L. Osborne again, your fear is faith in the wrong thing. Amen. See, that's Amen. all it is. You know, you know what a Amen. reciprocal is? A reciprocal, uh, a reciprocal saw goes back and forth like that. Reciprocal are things that, that is push-pull. North and south are reciprocals. They're both directions, but they go completely opposite direction. And it's a push-pull situation. Are you all hearing me? Yes. It's a push-pull. If I make a step north then I lost a step south. I moved away from south. But if I make a step south, I'm losing north. In other words, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, yeah, you can't, you can't leave one without the other. You're just, you, one's taken from the other. Well, that's the way fear and faith operate. The moment you start taking a step in fear, you've taken a step away from your faith in God. And so the more that you feed your fear, and I'm talking about if you're sitting in a church where the preacher's preaching it, and you know, you never know what God's going to do, and some, maybe God chose you to have cancer so that you can be an example to the world, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and God's putting cancer and cancer's good, and that kind of stuff. If you're listening to that all the time, and that gets into your spirit, I know you're not doing it, but I'm showing you how it works, then you're feeding your fear. And every time you feed your fear, you're taking a step away from your faith in God. And you can't submit yourselves to listen to that without affecting your faith. But at the same time, you can't put your ears on faith without hurting the fear, buddy. Because every time you you get your faith fed. And that's why you ought to write this down. I know it's a statement you know, but it would be a good one for a tattoo if you wanted to get one. You ought to write this down. (laughs) Is that you ought to feed your faith and starve your uh, doubts to death. You starve your fear by not feeding it. You starve your faith by not feeding it. A lot of times people wonder, say, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm sowing, I'm tithing, I'm giving my seed, and I'm still not seeing financial harvest, and the Bible says it's there. Why am I not seeing it? Well, it may be that you're not feeading your faith on that. Are you reading those scriptures day in and day out and then, then confessing them? Are you, are you fighting the devil with that? The Bible says that the Word of God in our mouth, the Word of God put in our heart, out of our mouth becomes the sword of the Spirit. Now, you're not, you're not hurting the devil. You don't have a weapon against him except what you say. That's why we learned a long time ago, you can't fight fearful thoughts. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. In other words, if the devil says you're not going to make it financially, you're going to still struggle with this payment, and you can say, well, I just believe in God. You're thinking. I'm just thinking in my mind, oh, God's going to help me get out of this. You'll never fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with what? Word. Come on now. You all know something. You fight your thoughts with words. 
In other words, when the devil gives you a thought that you're not going to make it financially, you say, oh no, Philippians 4.19 says, God's already supplied all my need according to His riches and glory. You have to say it out loud. If you're not doing that, you think you're in faith, but you're not, and you're blaming it. You're getting mad at faith, saying faith don't work. And the fact is, you never even entered into faith. I mean, I had the Lord tell me that back a couple, several years ago. He said, he said, most of my children, he said, they get aggravated at the faith system of how you know, it's supposed to work. And they say, well, I tried the faith stuff and it didn't work. And the truth is, the Lord said, they never even entered into faith. They thought they were in faith and weren't. They were in foolishness or presumption and just trying something. But if you really want to get serious about this thing, you, you get the scriptures, you feed on them until they get in your heart. Now, the heart's when they come out of your mouth in abundance. And, they, and then you let them out, brother, bless God. And you Amen. make the devil listen to it. And you just yes. and say it. Amen. Well, now, let me tell you something. Let's say you got a real, I know this is going to be a question some of y'all are not even going to like deal with. But let's just say you had a bad guy that was really trying to kill you, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and he's, let's, let's just say, now I'll tell you what. I, I would, I, I've always thought I'd rather fight a man with a gun than a knife. I mean, I don't, I don't like the idea of getting cut. Let's just say a guy. Now, some, I mean, since y'all are not really into this with me, I'm just going to go on with this thing. Let's just say this guy's coming at you with a knife. And I mean, he's not, he's not just going, huh, huh. He's like, he's like swinging. He's trying to cut, you know, and, and he's already cut a little bit. You know he's after me. He's trying, he's, and he's telling he's going to kill you. And all of a sudden, you get your hand on a gun. Now, let's just say this clip has, I'm, I'm just going to say this for, for illustration purposes. Let's say this clip in this gun holds 22 pieces of ammunition, bullets, 22. All right. How many are you going to use on this guy? <laughs> I, I'm done, now I know, I know this, I'm going to get in trouble for talking like this I, but I'm just saying the guy's going to eat 22 bullets and then I'm going to beat him with the bu- and I'm gonna hit him with the gun you understand what I'm saying I mean one might stop him, but I'm just saying now look like, I'm just like alright then why then why are you satisfied saying I spoke one time against it I said by stripes I'm healed this morning I don't know why you want me to say it again but James already said that unload on the devil Unload on him. Give him everything you got. I mean, just, just say, by his stripes, I'm healed. And the devil said, no. Yeah, I said, shut up, devil. I'm not letting you do the talking around here. By his stripes, I'm healed. And you've got to be that way. That's called aggressive faith. You've got to become that way with your faith. So let's, let's close in this area. I know time slipped away, but let's, let's look at this and we'll close here. I hope you're getting something out of this. So let's read 6 again because I think we can understand it stronger than we have before. Without our faith in operation, it's impossible to please God because you'll never get the things He provided for you. Uh, if, if my son, now let me tell you an example of what I'm trying to get across to you. I hope you see it this way. If my son came in and said, uh, Daddy, I made a, a, a 50 on my science grade. You know, I failed it. If he came in and said that today, he's still in school. If he came and said that to me and said, I've, I've got a 50 on my science grade, would I be pleased with that? All right. Why would I not be pleased with that? Now, let me tell you, because I don't know what your idea is, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from. The reason I wouldn't be pleased with that. It has nothing to do with the way I'm going to feel about myself tomorrow. I've got a son that made a 50. I'm not going to go. That's not, but here's the problem. I know what it feels like to make a grade like that. I know what it feels like. I know how stupid you feel and the devil tries to wear you out and you're not smart as other kids and, and other kids. Are, you know, I'm, so I'm not pleased because I know he's not pleased. He's not pleased with his life. That's why he's upset with it. I'm not pleased with the failure that he's experiencing because I know what it does to him. How it makes him feel about himself. I'm not pleased with the kid. Think of God now. I'm not pleased with the disease on you because I know what it does to you. I'm not pleased with the low financial status because I know what it's doing to you. And so that's why the father's not pleased. And so he knows if you get your faith, you won't go through those problems. You, you, you'll overcome them. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. For the person that comes to God must first believe that he is or that his world really exists. Yes. 
the world where you're already healed. Come on, say it with me. The world where you're already healed, you're already come. Come on, do you see that? You got to believe that's already a reality. Now, now here's what you got to do. This is I've got to close with this, but I, I don't want to leave it and not have done what the Lord told me to do tonight. And that is for you to understand. Now, watch me. That you can, by an act of your will, by filling your heart with the Scripture, you can take one step into a world that you believe exists. Come on. And I, why would I fear cancer? I mean, let's just say the doctor diagnosed a person with cancer. The doctor diagnosed with cancer and, you know, you got this situation going on and this on. Why would I fear it if I'm stepping over into his world where there's no sickness, no disease in my body? He says, by his stripes, that's the faith world. That's where faith takes me. That faith takes me into that happy place, bless God. And from that, I just keep praising him. Well, I'm not, you know, remember how Mylon said it when he was here that one time not long ago? Uh, last time he was here, I guess. But he said that he went to a doctor because he was having some issues, and the doctor began to tell him what was wrong with him. Right. And it was, it was uh, I don't remember, but it was pretty bad stuff, whatever it was. And Mylon's response to the doctor was, he said, Whoo, doctor. He said, what you're saying would liable to kill a man that didn't have faith. That's right. He said, it's a good thing I got faith. Right. Well, of course, if you know Mylon, he's doing better than he ever has. 70, what is he, 75 today, I think, 76. Maybe just turned 76 this month. I think that's awesome. Amen. All right, anybody with me on this? All right, let's keep, let's keep on. Just, for, just to close right here, this is the sixth verse. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he that comes to God must believe that God is or that His world exists. That's what He told me to tell you. In other words, you can step over into a place where you're already. Why am I going to worry about how I'm going to get bills paid if I'm living in a world that He says He supplied my needs? Change worlds is what I'm trying to get you to get to. And you've got to believe that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now, Circle the word believe in that verse. Real quick, I'll just do this real quick before we go home. Circle that word believe because I want it to jump out at those of you that were with us a year ago last summer when we were talking about using your imagination. Amen. Now that's the believing part of our faith, using your imagination. How, how, what images you're holding inside. Amen. And of course, we're talking about basing, but taking images that are based on Scripture. If God says I'm healed, then see myself healed. So look at this. If I'm supposed to believe or imagine that God is a rewarder. In other words, I'm supposed to see myself with the yes. reward. Yes. Yes. Don't, don't see yourself trying to get healed or trying to become prosperous. See yourself already with it. That's how your faith begins to operate. Now that's, add that with your, your, your confession. See. But you're supposed to see yourself already with that. So why would I fret if I've already in a world that I've got it? If I imagine or see myself in a world that's already got what I... What promises I found in the Scripture. Amen. The moment I find it in the Scripture is the moment I say it's mine. Yes. Amen. See? Yes. Look, look back at the first verse. Now faith is. See, faith it means you have it right now. But notice this. It says, I, I've got to close. I know that. But look, we'll do it real quick. Faith is the substance. And that word substance means the ground or the confidence. Right. Amen. The Amplified Version says faith is the title deed. Actually, for the word evidence, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the title deed yes, of things hoped for. Amen. Things not seen, King James says. King's, things not seen. Now, now, look at it. It's the title deed. Did you know you can buy a house? I, I make up an illustration, but did you know you're, you're sitting here in Alabama tonight? I think you are. I don't know where your mind's got you, but <laughs> you're sitting here in Alabama tonight. Do you know you can buy a house, you could do it right now over the telephone or over the internet some way. You could buy a house in Portland, Oregon. Having never been to Portland, Oregon or not going to Portland, Oregon. And the only proof that you'd have it is not that you've seen it, not that you went in it, but you've, you know, they may have told you something about it. Of course, you'd be like me, you wouldn't want to buy it without looking at it pretty thoroughly. But I'm just saying you can do it 
and you'd own that based on the title deed they'd give you. You could, you could own a house that you've never felt the doorknob to. And that's what God's trying to say. You own it, even though you might not have the feeling of healing in your body or the feeling of wealth in your wallet. Brother Reggie, I think you said to child, what's in your wallet? Is that, is that, what's in your wallet? <laughs> you know, well, listen, having never felt what it must feel like to look at a bank account that actually has the numbers $6.3 million in your bank account. You know, I'm just saying, having never felt that, your faith says it's already yours. Faith, if you've got a scripture, it's your title deed. I, I go home with this, but look at this. Think of it like this. I, I'm big on receipts. My, my family thinks I'm the receipt man, part because it's the way my taxes work, and the more I can show that's you know, tax deductible, if I've got a receipt for it to back it up. And so the receipt is the thing. Well, it's the same way. If you've got to take something back, you know, you want to make sure you've got a receipt on it Amen. to prove that it was yours. Now, how many of you know now you can't even hardly buy groceries that they don't want to look through your buggy and prove you got the receipt on it? And I, I know it's, it's the world we live in. It's just because people are trying to always get stuff, and so they've got to check, you know, and you never know, what, you know what's in your wallet. So they've got, they got to look. All right, here's the deal. Everything has to have a receipt. Oral Roberts says, a scripture promise is my receipt. You've got to refund me on this. Well, you didn't buy that. Oh, yes, I did. Here's my receipt. Well, see, Philippians 4.13 is proof that uh, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's my receipt. Amen. How do you know you can do that? Because I've got a receipt on it. Yes. God Amen. paid for me to be able to do all things through Him, so I've got a receipt on it. Yes. How do you know you're healed? Do you feel healed? My feeling has nothing to do with it. I've got a receipt on it. Yes, amen. Look, look, if I were taking something back to Walmart tonight, I'm just using a local store that we'd go to. If I was taking something back and had my receipt on it, Susan sometimes will buy foods, you know, that's spoiled when you get it, you know, open it up and it's spoiled. And so she'll take it back. And, and you know, if I'm going back to take something back and, you know, then you're putting that bad chicken on the counter, right? <laughs> this bad chicken that smelled more like shrimp, you know, and you're putting it up there. So here's my shrimp chicken. And, uh, and, and here's my receipt where I bought it yesterday or this morning. You know, here's my receipt on it. And they say, well, now before we refund you on that, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like this is the right thing for you to do? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, does it, look, honey, my feelings. <laughs> you, you don't want to get into my feelings, right? <laughs> like my feelings have nothing to do with this. They don't ask you how you're based on feeling. All they say, can you show me the receipt? Right. See? And the devil just needs the receipt thrown in his face. And that's when you quote the scripture. That's your receipt that all the promises in the Word of God are yours. Amen. Stand up with me. Praise God. You beautiful, beautiful people. I love you guys. Y'all are special. Your faith people. Let's change the world with our faith. Let's, let's start by changing our world, by entering His world, and then it'll begin to change others around us when they see what God's done for us. Father, we thank You for every promise in the Scriptures. Come on, lift your hands and let's just worship a minute. We thank You that the Word of God is so. We're a people that believes it so. I want to thank You, Lord, for this church family. I want to thank You for a church family that's in agreement with us. We find the Scripture. we got people to back us up with that. Yes, amen. I wish I'd have known that. And so we take that Scripture, Lord. We're an encouragement to one another, and we thank You for that. And we say that the Word that we're standing on tonight, every man, every woman, every boy and girl in this house tonight that's standing on any Scripture of faith, we say thank You, Lord, that we already have it because we've got the receipt on it in Jesus' name. Everybody in agreement said amen, amen and amen. Woo! Very quickly, let me pray with you over your tithes and offerings. Ushers, if you'll serve the people right quick, anybody needs an envelope.